getting used to recording with a cat again. Welcome to Hand of Pot. To episode 452 of Hand of Pod. I'm just going to turn the microphone up a tiny bit because I sound a bit quiet. Welcome to episode 452 of Hand of Pod. You might have just heard that tiny meow uh, because we've got Latrice with us again after a very long time of not doing, and that's because we're recording in my living room today. I'm joined by Andres. Hello, welcome. Dan can't make it because he's got better places to be, those better places being a beach somewhere in Brazil. Um, so We've got the cat back with us. Just to the carnival, or it is a bit late for the carnival? Uh, well, carnival... Hmm, that's a good question. Carnival here finished yesterday. Yes. Whether it's still going on in Brazil, I'm not sure. Um, but no, he's, he's there with his parents, because they were visiting Buenos Aires for a couple of weeks. And uh, they've got to Buzios now, near Rio. So, yeah. Dan, if you're listening, we hope you're having fun. But you're probably not listening, that is. So, um, yeah. We'll see you next week, anyway. Uh, round four of the Liga Profesional went as follows. Gimnasia beat Instituto 2-0. Huracan beat Barracas Central 2-0. Arsenal hosted Racing and that was a 3-0 win for Racing. Lanús had a man sent off but still beat Rosario Central 3-0 in Lanús. Tigre versus River finished 1-0 to River. Um, which, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I guess I was about to spoiler the goal scorer, but... Um, there's no point, because we'll talk, discuss it in a second. Argentinos versus Belgrano ended 3-0 to the hosts, and a red card each side. Godoy Cruz versus Estudiantes finished 1-0 to the visitors, and a red card for Godoy Cruz. Newells had a man sent off, but beat Banfield 2-0 in Rosario. Union and Colón, the Clásico Santa Ficino, I can't remember what I predicted last week. I think I went for an Union win. Uh, it finished one all, but nobody got sent off. In the Clásico, so that's unusual. Boca beat Platense 3-1 in the Bombonera. Tacheres beat Central Córdoba 2-0 in the Kempes. Independiente beat... No, they didn't. They lost um, in the Libertadores de América to Defensa y Justicia 2-0. Uh, Sarmiento lost 1-0 at home to San Lorenzo. And Atlético Tucumán versus Vélez ended 1-1 for goals but 1-0 to Atletico Tucumán for red cards. The reason, of course, that I have been mentioning the red cards throughout is that, again, we've had another six red cards this weekend. It has been a season full of them. I think that that was six in round one, seven in round two, seven in round three, and six this in round four, I think, if I remember what the count that we did last week properly. Um, so a good bet, or a good tip is, how many, how many red cards would be for in, in round five? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go for six, yeah. or six and a half average. Keep it up. That's that's the uh, over under I think so far. Um, we'll start off, Andres, since you're here, with Tigre versus River. The goal was scored by Leandro Gonzalez Pires against the, his old club. I think the less expected goal scorer for for that match was Gonzalez Pires. Indeed, uh, yeah. I know that Tony used to have this uh, expected goals mm. uh, thing, and well, for that would have been zero. Point zero, I think, because... Yeah, I mean, given where the chance was from, I think it would have been quite high. But, um, yeah, in terms of predicting who the goal scorer was going to be, maybe Franco Armani would have been more of a surprise, but... Yeah, first of all, to, 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 for him to be in the standing lineup and then to score. Mm. But, well, it's good for him to have a, perhaps a better perspective or, or, or I mean, higher uh, um, confidence in himself because uh, and, and scoring against a former team because he... He played in, uh, for Tigre in the past, so yeah. for, for Tigre supporters was even uh, bitter, uh, or more bitter than, than for River, of course. Um, but I think that the, this game showed a, a somehow a change of paradigm, of paradigm, because in the past we will have said, well, it's good for Tigre to perhaps block River, 
because River has a, a, a great attack or great uh, a great midfield midfielders, and 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 Thierry has to be care, be be aware of that. Well, in this case, it was the other the other way around, mm. because uh, well, while the match was being played, I I tweeted something in in Spanish, so uh, not perhaps but the best for for a hand of all listeners, but. I said something like River was lack of, uh, I mean it w they were like slow and unpredictable, like they they weren't going uh, and pressing in the in the uh, Tigres uh, side, like uh, they would have done with with Gallardo, yeah, and that was something that showed the change and uh, well after River won the the match, uh, the Michel said that it was good for River because. Like I said, River blocks Tigres mm. game, uh, and that is that is something because although Tigres is a good team, and uh, for example, we we mentioned the last week that or the previous episodes that uh, Matteo Retegui, the goal scorer of yeah, Tigres, and the and the Argentinian football yeah, pre preferred or, or or chose to stay at Tigre instead of going for at Boca. That says something about Tigre, mm. uh, and well, that is the way the match. Uh, uh, was because uh, um, River uh, first uh, first blocked Tigre and then went for the victory. Yeah, um, and and Tigre perhaps a little. I mean, you're right. I'm, and Dan and I discussed Retegi again last week. We've mentioned him on every episode so far this season uh, because he's had a he had a great 2022. He's having a great season so far. Um, but I wonder whether Tigre are a little bit reliant on him for the goals because at the weekend I mean this, the stats overall the match stats the chances the, the shots the shots on target were very similar for both teams but I've just had a look because I, I couldn't really remember Retegi having very many chances he had one shot so and it was off target yes. um, so in that respect Rivers defence did a, a good job of shutting down Tigre's main danger man and the rest of the team couldn't make it tell himself um, and Colidio I think is perhaps the the creative there and mm. and and Rate is the one who finishes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yes, it was a decent defensive work from River, which of course also talks or, or speaks a lot about how River is facing the matches right now, uh, trying to f be a more balanced team than it was before, not suffering a lot in defense, though they suffered because in the last and, and it was natural because Tigre was one nil down and needed to. To go for the equalizer, uh, and River tried to resist. In fact, Armani has a, a, pair, a pair of saves, a good saves from him. Um, uh, I mean, when when Tigre called for him, mm. he responded. Um, uh, but it's a, it's a, like a change of 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 the way you stand uh, 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 after um, against the other teams. Yeah. Um, and well, in this case, of course, it was good because, and, and scoring through a, a corner kick, I think it was or a free kick, a uh, corner kick, it was a corner kick corner, shot taken by Nacho Fernandez. Sort of half cleared, and then, yes, yeah. Enzo Perez uh, uh, headed head the ball, and then González Pires, the the old phrase, two headers in the box is a goal. Mm. Well, in this case, it was like that. Uh, yeah, uh, and that also uh, talks a lot about uh, scoring. Uh, through a corner kick, for for River means also uh, it's like a, a something to 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 you you could say about that because it's not it wasn't a a, a well built play mm. but through a corner kick. Yeah, it, and it's something that if they can improve their uh, efficiency with set pieces, it's something to rely on. Yes. Because the other thing is that having just discussed Tigres centre forward yes. uh, so far this season. Although River haven't been doing badly, I've not seen an awful lot from either Miguel Borja or, when he's come off the bench, Salomon Rondon. They, they both look... I mean, to an extent, I think that the rest of the team are maybe struggling to get the ball to them a bit in the kind of positions they'd like. And and when you have some someone like like, like them in the, in the box, you have to... You are like... A, they demand for you to, to take cro crosses. Yeah, they're, they're not the most mobile yes. forwards, are they? They're, they're, I don't think they've played together so far, no. have they? Every time it's been Rondon no. replacing yes. Borja. Um, yes, the Michelis said that they could eventually play together, but yeah. it's not a, like a priority right now. Though so Rondon, when Rondon uh, jumped into the matches for 20-30 minutes, he did well. I mean, it's like he's still 
putting his feet like you when mm -hmm. you are are testing the water if, whether it's cold or hot well he's like that and and he showed something that he's quite he has quality but still uh, weren't able to i think that against uh, belgrano had the opportunity to to heather uh, uh, it was a dangerous occasion goal, goal situation uh, and i think the belgrano the goalkeeper i don't remember his name uh, said it but after that it, it, he didn't have many chances yeah uh, and it's, it's a kind of a weird situation I guess as well because I think if, if I remember rightly it was released in the middle of last year was it or very like very shortly after the beginning of the Premier League season so he's not played in months five yes. months in or fact all of the players or most of the players didn't have activity uh, since October or November because all the World Cup and all well yeah. and, uh, and, and, in the, and in his case I think it was a bit more, but uh, yes, uh, uh, it will be hard for them to 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 be. Uh, I mean, to find themselves with the ball in the box and and with uh, freedom to 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 shot. Of course, uh, uh, they it will be up to them to find the, the the spaces and the chances. And so far, well, Rondon and he played twenty thirty minutes per game, so it's very very difficult if he, if you take that time. In order to uh, make an, an analysis of, of his performances. Yeah. Now from Victoria on Saturday evening, uh, we travelled down Avenida del Libertador into the city of Buenos Aires, and then most of the way across the city of Buenos Aires to La Boca, where Boca hosted Platense. This was a match that Boca should have won quite comfortably on paper. And did win quite comfortably on the pitch. Uh, I managed to watch nearly all of it, but somehow not be looking at the television when any of the goals were scored. Uh, which is one of the reasons that when you arrived, I was watching the rewatching the goal videos from the, the whole weekend uh, on YouTube. Um, but there was an opener from Jorge Figal very early on. Nicolás Cerveto equalised for Platense quite shortly afterwards. And then Miguel Merentiel restored Boca's lead. And Norberto Briasco actually scored a goal with 15 minutes to go to make it 3-1, which maybe flattered Boca a little bit. I thought maybe 2-1 would have been a slightly fairer reflection of them. Um, I don't know whether it was easier for Gonzalez Pires to score or for Villasco, <laughs> but uh, uh, I think it was normal in the office for Boca. Mm. I mean, the, the most normal or, or natural situation when you play Platense at home is for you to win. Uh, even when Boca has been showing pale performances in, in recent matches but yeah um, Luca Langoni got injured which is not good news for them I don't know what his I don't know situation what, is now and I've not seen how serious but it was funny there funny situation there is that uh, 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 I think it was against Central Cordoba the former the, the latest match at La Bumonera where Langoni didn't mm. play in a single minute and Ibarra said we will take him slowly and after that, he scored once against Tacheres, and uh, on Sunday he, well, not assisted Merentiel, but he somehow created yeah, a chance quite for the important in the goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and yes, it was Central Cordoba. You're quite right that he didn't play. In. Um, so so far, then we've got we've covered River, we've covered Boca, River a fifth, Boca a seventh, but who's top? Still Lanús. Uh, with now four wins out of four, because they beat Rosario Central 3-0. I was about to say, in spite of going down to 10 men, but in fact, Christian Lehmer got his uh, second yellow card three minutes into stoppage time, with pretty much the last action of the, of the match. Uh, so they beat they beat them 3-0 with 11 men on the pitch, really, and then had someone sent off. Franco Troshansky even managed to miss a penalty, so it could have been uh, even more comfortable, albeit it was 0-0 and the stroke of half-time when that happened. Um, Troshansky did score so did Pedro de la Vega who Dan picked out a week or two ago as the main reason for Lanús's uh, resurgence and then Franco Orozco set up by Pedro de la Vega scored the final goal with 20 minutes to go I think Troshansky uh, weren't, he won't, went there from, from Union previously yeah. to Union he was at San Lorenzo where he did almost nothing mm. And now at Lanús, well, he scored twice, or at least, I mean, in two consecutive matches uh, against Estudiantes and, and against now against Central. Uh, but the, the I think that the La Vega effect is decisive for, for, 
Algunos. Uh, I, I don't know whether a single player can change a whole team, but uh, I think in the case of De La Vega, of course, there are, might be more more changes that Kudelka uh, made into the team, but De La Vega is the most important yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah, he's started every match. Um, two goals and oh, this was his first assist, which I'm slightly surprised to recount. But he, he was he was playing kind of as a false nine as well. He was like a starting in the centre forward position um, against Central at the weekend, which is an interesting development. You know, when he first broke through, when he was what 17 or something, uh, he was playing on the wing quite a lot, and right up until he got injured, really, he tended to be playing out wide. Um, so that's an interesting move. Uh, for him to be making as well, um, and yeah, they just they, they just look a very balanced side. It, it's complete polar opposite of everything that we saw from them last season. They have the same T-shirt than they had last year, but mm. not the same team. No, not at all. I mean, a lot of the same players, but you know, as you yeah. say, not the same team um, in effect. And you were just saying as well before we started recording uh, that um, it looks as though you know nobody wants to say out loud that that they're getting rid of Jose Sand. And in fact, they're not going to get rid of him, because why would they? But it looks as though he's kind of been sent to the glue factory, um, shall yes, we say. Yes, because uh, Leandro Diaz wasn't off uh, in the last match, and then perhaps the the Lanús supporters would have thought that, well, Jose Sand will be at least in the bench. Well, no, not uh, even in the bench. I'm uh, sure he was at the start of the season. I'm, I'm sure he was an unused sub in one of the first couple of matches, at least. But... um. Also, yep. I also told you before we started uh, recording that uh, an another Argentinian player, Christian Pecherano, mm -hmm. started last night uh, for playing the Recopa Sudamericana, the first leg against Flamengo. And Christian Pecherano, uh, 41 years old, also uh, started, of course, he's a midfielder, not a striker, but uh, uh, he's an, I mean, key piece, key, key, key player for, for them. And well, in the other way, uh, you have Jose San with the same age, not even in the bench when the uh, starting or the the, the main uh, striker is not uh, available. No, exactly, no. Um, this uh, fantastic start for the season, we'll, we'll go through the Promedios properly in a little bit, a little bit later, but it now means that Lanús, who remember, started the season off in the relegation zone and now up to 19th, so they've got a full... Ten teams below them, basically. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, okay, nine teams below them. I was miscounting, because uh, 19th is the 10th from bottom place. Um, with already 12 points this season, when they only picked up 36 in the whole of last year. So they're already a third of the way to that total. So they are safe, guy. safe now? Uh, it, uh, well, I mean, I think it would be early to say that they're safe. Um... In terms of the battle, Platense and Arsenal, Arsenal are screwed. Uh, Platense have got 92 points in 27th, Sarmiento have got 93 in 26th, and both of those teams have played 83 matches, as have Lanús. Uh, Lanús have got 104. So they're 12 clear of Platense now, which is, of course, the number of points that Lanús and have won so far this season. Um, they're looking good, but they do have to keep it up. They can't afford to... Just to clarify, when when there will be relegations finally? At the end of the year, it's going to be um, we take the whole of this league season and the Copa. into account. We take the group stage of the Copa de la Liga into account. So for those who you know followed Argentine football for the last couple of years, the the format this year is going to be the same as it's been for the last couple of years. They've just swapped the time of year that they play in the league and the cup around. Um, and at, so at the end of the group stage of the Copa de la Liga, they'll be we'll we'll know. So the end of the year, not the season, which will be the normal. Exactly, yeah. Um, and the uh, it's going to be two from the Promedio table, and then the bottom, the lowest ranked team who aren't relegated on the Promedios from the annual table as well is going to go down. So okay. there's going to be one relegation that won't be due to the Promedios. Because I reread reread the other the other day, what I think we we. Uh, mentioned briefly with Dan that, for example, Primera C won't have relegations, and the last the the two uh, teams that in the bottom of the, of the table of Primera C won't be able to be promoted in the last year in the in the next year because they will be un yes they because will they're be getting rid of Primera with, Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling I can't remember whether we talked about this 
uh, with Dan last week or maybe a okay, couple of weeks ago, but it might have been an episode you won't the, hear. The, for, the was, previous yeah. week, because in the last week I wasn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's right. They're getting rid of Primera Day because there are only like 12 teams in it yeah. this year anyway or something. Um, and uh, expanding Primera Day. So yeah, you're right. Nobody, Those teams won't be allowed to be promoted a year later. That'll be their punishment. Um so yeah, Lanus for the moment looking safe. They have won more points than any other team. Well, so far this year, of course. Well, uh, I, I, was, I was trying to see how many points yes. this year. I had to, how many positions I had to go at the Promedio table, and then we have to bear in mind that, table, as so. always, that Instituto Melgrano have a different way of of dividing the points because they don't have mm -hmm. the previous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Belgrano have got seven points. So far this season, and uh, current, they're currently third in the Promedio, and Instituto are 20th with five points from their opening four matches. So they're just below Lanus now, but I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I think they, they started well. Um, we might as well talk about them now. In fact, Instituto, they just lost to Gimnasia. I say just, it was five days ago, it was on Friday night. Um, their first defeat. Their first defeat of the season, yeah, because they started off with um, a draw against Sarmiento, then they beat Union, then they drew with Huracan. Um, it wasn't very good from them, I thought. It was Ooh, a bit watch flat. It, I didn't, but... didn't watch very much of it. I saw a few highlights, and all of the highlights that I saw were Gimnasia on the attack, um, in spite of the fact that Isis would actually have more shots, but they just seemingly, from the look of the stats, they couldn't get anything on target. Um... It is a step up. It's not a huge step up for them, um, but it is a step up, you know. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, you have a, a, a you play home against a recently promoted team, and perhaps it's uh, providing they they didn't have a, a, the best of the startings of the starts of the of the of the tournament. Perhaps that mm. was a good good situation for them to. To recover and well, it was like that. Yeah, it was Gimnasia's as well as being Instituto's first defeat. It was Gimnasia's first win of the season as well. We should say so. Congratulations, Gimnasia fans! You're up and running. Um, and across the city in uh, Cordoba, that is in Belgrano, um, they also well not in fact across the city because they were away as well in Buenos Aires. Uh, they lost three 0 to Argentinos. The highlight of that match was a. I was trying to describe to my girlfriend what a scissor kick is from because Gabriel Avalos's um, I was going to say Gabriel Avalos's third goal. It was Argentino's third goal. It was Gabriel Avalos's only goal um, of the match, and it was kind of a scissor kick except that he wasn't moving both of his legs. His left leg just remained stationary, and he kicked the ball with his right. But it was yeah, not a Chilena, not a proper tijera. But in like between both, perhaps. like a broken pair of yes. scissors that only one blade moves on. It was spectacular, anyway. Um, and the play was also. It was a great finish for a great play. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was a really nice little team move, and then Javier Cabrera just dinked her. In fact, Belgrano was up across already with ten box. men. They were, yeah. Alejandro Rebola had been sent off uh, fifteen minutes or so before that for a pretty clear red card. I mean, just a no, nothing massively dangerous or dirty but just a proper old-fashioned professional foul <laughs> bang last man straight off uh the other two also argentinos have been playing with 10 men since just before half time because federico redondo was sent off for oh. a similarly professional foul uh with five minutes to go at the first half as well um francisco gonzalez metici and santiago montel were the scorers of the first two goals for argentinos in that one uh, we have covered River and Boca. We should mop up the rest of the Big Five as well. Dan will be a bit disappointed that he can't be here discussing... Just when they won 3-0. 3-0, and with three really nice goals as well. Did you see them? I couldn't. Uh, Gonzalo Piovi with just a... Ah, yes, I agree. agree. That was probably agree. the... You know, it was a very nice free kick. Centre, more or less on the D. Left-footed. Up into the top corner. If I'm going a bit quiet, it's because there's a cat who's just decided to stand between me and the microphone, so I'm trying to speak rounder. Um, Facundo Mura, 10 minutes after that, running onto a lofted ball into the box and had his back to goal, chested it, and then swiveled his hips yes. and hit it before it hit the ground to, to stick it in the bottom corner. And then Matias Rojas with a free kick that reminded me of that Quintero. Fernando Quintero yes. goal from uh, a few years back against the And against them, yes. 
Oh, against Arsenal, of course it was, yeah. No, against Racing. Um, against Racing, yes, yeah. Um, way out on the touchline, everybody's expecting the cross. Um, Matias Rojas just decides, no, I'm going to stick this in the top corner. I heard one commentator saying, I think there was, or people said, just not to say, I am, I, I, it's me who is saying this, that the goalkeeper has had some responsibility on, on that goal. I don't think so. When you surprise like that... Yeah, and I, I don't understand why you're expecting the goalkeeper to expect that You're expecting happen. the cross there. It's you know? natural to, to expect to hit the ball to the, to the, air, to the box for someone to head, there, exactly. head it. Or yeah. And if the goalkeeper isn't, you know, gets caught flat-footed and isn't there to go and try to claim it, then he gets pelters from the crowd. So, no, it, it was all wrapped up before half-time. Uh, those were the only, uh, all the goals before half-time. But another decent showing from Fernando Gago's boys. It's good for Rivers. They, it's good news for River because they will play against Arsenal uh, on Sunday. Uh, and yeah. I, will, I will be there, so I expect a, a win. Mm. We shall see. Um, Independiente lost. Going even, even down. Even... Uh, uh, worse. Yes, uh, worse. Yeah, they, they lost. Was it the second straight home loss? It was, yeah. Yes. The, the draw with Vélez came in between and that was in Liniers. Um, so having lost 2-1 to Platense last time out in uh, at home, they lost 2-0 to Defensa Justicia this time. I mean, I was hoping, as, as you kind of hinted when you emailed me about this uh, session as well, that since we're recording a different time of day and a different day from normal, that Santi might have been able to join us to discuss this because we haven't had him on yet this season. Um, and it would be good to, you know, uh, well, aside it, from the uh, laughing at him, it I would think also in, be in good the to, to actually get a, a line on what he reckons because they're not looking good yeah. at all. In the other hand, I think it's good for him not to be here and, and talk again about that because it, I think that the, the few things I, I watched, the defending for Independent was was terrible and it's uh, not no, there are no chances for you to even uh, grasp a, 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 or get a draw if you if you defend like that with uh, defenders that uh, uh, have the ball to clear it and can't do it uh, and you uh, uh, give the ball away to the to the striker to score the the rival striker I mean mm. I think that, that uh, if you play like that it will be very very difficult yeah yeah just just a shit show really I mean. Uh, that was another one that was over before half-time, basically. Uh, Defences goals both came in the first half. And then the second half, they were able to just say, well, you know what, we'll, we'll keep you at arm's length. Nothing really to worry about. Um, and bringing up the rear for the big five, in terms of our round-up anyway, if not the table, uh, San Lorenzo, who won. They beat San Miento 1-0 in Junin uh, on Monday evening, was it? The yes. The 20th? Yeah. Yeah, Monday evening. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I didn't catch this one. Federico Gattoni scored the goal. Um, the, the defender who went to Sevilla and couldn't hire, uh, sign his contract and was back, and now he apparently mm. will be joining Sevilla on, on in June. By, but uh, meanwhile, he's playing for San Lorenzo and, and doing, doing it very well. Winning matches for them yes. in their 3 3 1 3 formation um, that Ruben Insua has, has installed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not looking particularly, based on these statistics and what I've seen of them so far this season, which, as I say, wasn't, didn't include this match, but I don't think they've looked particularly kind of liquid just yet. Um, but Effective. Yeah, it's improving, yeah. Yes. And, and uh, what have they got so far? Uh, three wins and, a, and one defeat. Uh, they lost to Lanús, but they beat Arsenal. Godoy, Chris, Perhaps they think, well, if Boca won... A, a, a whole tournament by winning most of the matches 1-0 why can't we yeah indeed um, so standings wise then Lanús are top with four points Huracán still hanging on in second uh, with ten points Tacheres Defensa Justicia River and San Lorenzo all have nine and then there are a bunch of teams on seven those teams are Boca Newells Central and Belgrano uh, that's as far down as we'll go. I think there's no point in going any further down. Uh, but it gives you some idea of the informed teams. And I realise that we haven't yet talked about Huracan, who, as we said at the start of the year, had a tall order to live up to. It's kind of the opposite of Lanús. Lanús put all the pressure on themselves to have a great 2023 by being so bad in 2022 that they need to escape relegation. And Huracan did really well in 2022 and all the expectations were well you know they've got to return to the mean this time it's all I can they're not gonna have two straight good years 
and they've started off with uh, three wins and a draw from, um, from the have... league, plus a, a very comfortable win in the Copa Argentina against Chupanqui, so, but still. I don't remember the, the, whether they had a, a significant change or big changes in their squads or not. I, I, I know that, for example, one of the best players in 2022, Franco Cristaldo, is now a Gremio mm. in Brazil, so I, I know he left, but I don't remember the other. I, Cocker is still there. Yeah, they've still got Cocker, they've got uh, Gudinho still. Uh, Lucas Chavez in goal, who's kind of settled in now. I thought he'd, he'd look decent at Argentinos, and then like his first season, I think it was after joining Huracan, he started to look a bit like, oh, why have they bought him? Um, but he's looking good again now. Yes, uh, they have a problem there with Melosha, I think we mentioned that, or a listener asked about the him, and it's still not clear whether it's similar, for example, to what happened with Gatoni, Gatoni's play in San Lorenzo, and Melosha. And they play in the similar, the same position. Yeah, although Menosha wasn't involved no. um, against Barracas, so I'm wondering whether well, there have been developments there. Have you heard anything? You've not. Obviously. No, no. From I think from last week there is no news, and yeah. uh, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, they, his agents want him to 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 be free uh, in June, and, and of course to listen to offers from other teams mm. uh, uh, as as free agent, and of course Barracas won't for him to sign a new contract and in uh, oh they said they weren't going to play yes. him didn't they until he signed a new yes. contract he was just going to sit in the reserves that's right yes. um yeah but so far at least it isn't hurting them um we're gonna take a short break now when we come back we will discuss well i don't know but we'll find some other stuff to discuss don't go away very confused at the moment because um, we have been recording the first half with uh, Inter versus Porto in the UEFA Champions League um, and Andres pointed out while I was topping up our glasses that Gimnasia are playing Excursionistas in the Copa Argentina right now Excursionistas equalised a few minutes ago with uh, only 15 minutes to go so that's 1-1 and because there's a chance of a shock I thought well we'll turn over to TSA Sports and uh, finish watching that match while we record this second half and TSA Sports aren't showing it which is very peculiar indeed um, I mean to such an extent that I'm wondering whether something's happened to the broadcast and they've comped out the cameras and they're just having to show men's volleyball instead at the moment um, it's very weird indeed I, I really I've Copa Argentina is supposed to be just all on Teixe. That's exactly why there was only one match ever played at the same time. Um, it's almost they, they have that event as an exclusive event. Yeah. And, yes. Very weird. But anyway, we'll let you know via uh, our live updates on, on our mobile phone apps what happens in that one. Later on, Newells are playing Claypole and Racing are playing San Martín de Formosa, as I believe Dan and I mentioned uh, last week. But one of the reasons we're recording earlier in the day today is that Banfield are playing River at 9 o'clock um, in the Trofeo de Campeones de la Liga Profesional and Andres wants to be back at home in order to watch that. Andres, um, I am not quite sure what Banfield are the Campeones of to be playing in this Trofeo. No, there is the Champions Trophy of runner-ups runner -up, runner because uh, as Boca won both Copa, de la, Copa de Diego Maradona and the Superliga 2019-2020 that means that yes. River and Manfield Manfield was the runner-up oh, this is from the one that got cancelled due to the yes, pandemic, pandemic yes. oh wow okay <laughs> and Manfield was the runner-up of the uh, Copa de Diego Maradona and mm. River of the Superliga that's why Boca is the, 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 the finalist and River and Manfield have to define whether who will play against Boca but if River wins and uh, uh, goes through to the final, it's not clear whether the match will even be played, because none of the teams, none, neither Boca nor River, want to play that match. It's always really, really well. It's, it's well, Argentine. Security-wise, it's yes. a pain in the ass, isn't it, for them both to sort out? So when it's a 
tournament it's doesn't it's particularly mean anything. Likely that if Banfield wins, uh, perhaps if they play ten days in ten days. Uh-huh. If River wins, uh, uh, Boca said that they don't want to Ibarra to be exposed, uh, as they and he's not safe in his charge. And the Michels in the in the case of River, he has just started as a coach there, and uh, they don't either want to 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 lose a final against Boca so soon. So it is really, really hilarious. Well, so they're both yeah. scared of playing each other, yes. basically. I mean, that's pathetic, actually. It's, it's also quite funny, but... Wow. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll let you know, obviously, what, what happens there. We'll talk about it next week, no doubt. If River win, in particular, and then it turns out that it might not be played, then we'll have to try to remember to discuss it. Um, oh, look at that. And I've turned over, and now apparently Inter have scored. So we've been watching a pretty dull nil-nil in the Champions League for all this time and now that I've turned over to not watch the Copa Argentina there's been a goal so let's turn back to that one um, can you think of anything else to discuss Andres what else has happened in Argentine football in the last well finally five it, days? it appeared to be that uh, well Janus Carly will finally sign his contract mm. yes we've had some movement he's not signed it yet still no that presumably is going to happen in March when he comes down here ahead of the um the friendlies, because obviously, as we mentioned last week, he doesn't actually live in Argentina. He lives in Mallorca, um, in Spain. Uh, but yes, there has been movement, hasn't there? Yes, uh, they will play against Panama here at the Monumental. I don't remember. I don't know whether it's, uh, there will be another friendly. Yeah, well, the information we had when we recorded last week was that it was supposed to be against Suriname in the Kempes ah. a few days later. Uh, or, but or Bangladesh. It wasn't Bangladesh. Completely Bangladesh. That will be a friendly, or at least the, the idea is to play against Bangladesh, provided the huge uh, fanatism that there is. In oh, wow, there that would be cool. For Argentina. Of course, I am, I'm not saying that the, that will be officially a statement, uh, and of course won't be in March, but uh, uh, yes, the idea is to play against them. Against them. I don't know whether they have in, even a national team. In Bangladesh as well, is yes. what it says. Oh, yeah, they have one, of course. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I've just looked this up, and they are talking about uh, the honorary consul consulate uh, of Bangladesh in Argentina um, have suggested to the AFA to Chiquitapia uh, that they try to bring Argentina to Bangladesh to play, presumably, yeah, against Bangladesh. I mean, that would be quite a um, gulf in FIFA rankings. I'm not sure how low down Bangladesh are, but Argentina are ranked second, I think. Still second, yeah. Yeah, I think Brazil, because Brazil managed to reach the quarterfinals of the World Cup, that assured them ah. of at least first place, regardless of who Because won the of the points they, ha- they had before. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah. Okay. If, if they'd gone out in the round of 16, then Argentina would now be ranked first, I think is what I read after the tournament. Um, but the fact that they made the, made the quarters meant that, um, meant that Argentina were only second. Uh, but, you know, that's fine because Argentina have got the trophies to show for it. So we don't mind that. Who cares about being number one? But, um, yeah, no, the, the, if you're listening from Bangladesh, then I think we mentioned this after the World Cup as well. But it, it's it's been very much present in uh, every time Argentina have played at a major tournament for the last... I mean, certainly the last two Copas America and the last World Cup, and I think a couple maybe before that as well. Um, the fanaticism that exists there for the Argentine national team, people here are very, very aware of it uh, to such an extent that after the World Cup final last year, there were various photos of Bangladeshi flags being flown in Buenos Aires by Argentine fans uh, in sort of solidarity. So, um, yeah, that would be great. That would be really good fun. I hope it happens. Um... But yeah, so the but the plan for March anyway is that there's going to be. Do we have a date yet for the the first match? Is it the twenty third or the twenty fifth? Do we know yet? I think it will be the first days or the when there is the FIFA date. Uh, yeah, because what we were saying last week is that it might be the twenty third or it might be the twenty fifth because the twenty fourth is it's a, it's a solidarity. solidarity yes. I think it was. Um, so when they've ah yeah, they ha- it doesn't look like they've set the date for that yet still. Uh, but depending on when that is, they will then set the date for the second match and the second match is going to be in Cordoba in the Estadio Mario Alberto Kempes and probably against Suriname but having just looked it up while I was talking it still doesn't look like there has actually been um, anyway it will be a party, a party for the players there. to show the, the, the World Cup 
officially, I mean, they, they have been showing it uh, separate, uh, with players like, for example, Armani, mm -hmm. uh, when he was the goalkeeper of River. But as a national team, it's the first time they will be playing in Argentina with the, having won the World Cup. Yeah. And uh, I um, think that's the main... And there's been a trophy out on the halfway line as, as the teams have been going out for every Liga Profesional match so far. Yes. I don't know how many of those trophies they were given. I don't know whether they're borrowing them off a bunch of the national team yes. players so they can do it, uh, or whether the AFA actually got given about 40 of them or something. But, um, yeah, it, it's impressive logistics to get them out to all the matches. I'll say that. <laughs> but the, the, the important thing is that they, well, the, the Scaloni is safe in, their, in his charge and... Uh, and apparently it would be until the next World Cup because there were rumors that he would be signing because the ones the things weren't uh, uh, so good between him and well Chiqui Tapia mm. and that the contract contract will be until 2024 but no uh, finally it will be until the next World Cup which is I think logical I mean it's the the most natural thing because and 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 you organize friendly as a party to show the World Cup and and for the for supporters to to be close to the players and not we not know uh, because mm. until he find he signs his the contract Argentina won national team won't have a coach no exactly again yeah. like it happened in 2019 yeah so yes yeah they they were running the risk of uh, having this match against yes. Panama and not having somebody to manage the team against them I mean to give Walter Samuel a promotion or something, I don't know. Uh, or Pablo Aymar, maybe. Who knows. Um, but yes, anyway, so in, in short, the news on that on, on that is, is that there isn't really very much news uh, since the last time we recorded. Uh, but we can pretty much now confirm Panama, at least. Uh, the last time Argentina played Panama, I'm just doing Thank this. Since I've, having Googled it, I've, I've now got it up on my phone, so I may as well read it out. Uh, they won 5-0. Uh, with a that was in the Copa America 2016, so that's the Copa America Centenario. Uh, goals from Nicolas Otamendi, to open the scoring, a hat trick from Lionel Messi, and then a 90th minute um, cherry on top of the cake from Sergio Aguero. I think in this case, it's good for for Argentina to play against a team you will mostly or surely win, hmm. uh, because if not, it will it can't happen like it happened to Spain. That they play yeah. against us after they won the World Cup 2010, and I think the, it was Argentina 4 4 1, four I think it was. I was 4 0. 4 0. It might have been 4 0. I was at mm. that game, and I can't remember the. Uh, but yeah, I remember Carlos Tevez scored one goal at least. I think he might have Messi scored two. Also. And Messi scored one, yeah. Um, it was good fun. Yes. But yeah, it wasn't the same as actually winning the World Cup, unfortunately. Um, it looks like this is going to be a short episode. Because I can't yes. think of anything else to... Unless we go through... Again, this is only going to be the results, but I don't know whether anything's happened, in fact, with the Primera Femenina since we last recorded. You might remember that when we last recorded, there have been a bunch of postponements from matches. Um, and it doesn't look like anything's been played since then. Uh, the next round that is scheduled... Of course, there are a bunch of women's internationals going on at the moment this week, so that might have something to do with it. But the next round that's scheduled is uh, the weekend of the 5th of March. Um, so no change there either from when we talked last week. So shall we go on to listeners' questions? Okay. Let's do that. We had one um, from a Twitter user called Tim a few days ago. Uh, last week, late last week in fact. Who said, can you explain the current state of promotion, relegation and Libertadores qualification? Are they still doing this three-year aggregate relegation promotion? Do they even know how many teams are going up and down this season? Uh the short answer to that, Tim, is that we have answered that question, I think, on every episode we've recorded so far this year. Um, the promotion and relegation is going to be almost the same as it has been for the last few years, except that in the Primera, in the Liga Profesional, we're now starting to see an end, a, a sort of phased end of the Promedio system. So, as I said before, two teams are going to be relegated on the Promedio table this year, and then one team will be relegated on the annual table, which is fantastic news uh, for those of us who don't like the Promedios and want them to go away. And Libertadores qualification is going to be the same as it normally is. I think it would be the, the top four or five teams will go to the Libertadores on the annual table, I would expect that to be, rather than the, of just course, the league. Like, and of course the league champions and the winners of the yes, Copa de la Like always, there were rumours that the smaller teams wanted for 
relegations, just not to be relegations, mm. like it happened some time ago. Uh, of course, it would be good idea, good news for them because they will stay in first division. But it's like you lose all of the sense of the competition, of course. And well, uh, for, uh, luckily it was only rumors and, and reality is that even there will be even like you said one at least one team uh, losing the, the or being relegated because of their position in the table. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and the answer to the last question: Do they know how many teams are going up and down? Yes, they do. Um, three from from the Primera, and there'll be one. Well, actually, I'm, I'm not sure personally whether it's one or two coming up, and it might be that. The that problem is there. Are, there, there are two. Is that there will be uh, impair. Uh, yeah. Um, but they do want to make the league smaller, so presumably it'll be one coming up. But that doesn't seem like something that no. they might manage to. Have. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But they probably do have an idea. Tim also had a bit of a complaint about the sound quality. Uh, we have addressed this before. This is a free podcast. We don't make enough money from Patreon to justify spending loads and loads of money on a bunch of new microphones for everybody. And we also don't record in a studio. We record in, in living rooms. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that, that's all that I'm going to say. Uh, At least today it's nothing to do with the hosting platform. I'm not sure why it would be. Um, but, yeah. At least today so far it's a quiet afternoon. There are not a lot of buses and motorcycles. No, indeed. There's just a cat who occasionally gets in the way of the microphone. And Tommy Ravioli, or Perfect Tommy, says, Why did Boca leave Retegi at Tigre? I mean, first of all, his name features all of the letters of the word Tigre. So he's clearly a good fit. You know, you've got a couple left over. You know, there's an extra E and there's a U that you're not going to use. But other than that, it's you know an anagram of uh, El Tigre. Perhaps more with Tigre than with Boca. Certainly, yes. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, El Tigre would be Portuguese for I, Tiger, in case you were wondering. So I'm not really sure what that means, but anyway. Um, but yeah, they, they left him because he didn't want to go back to Boca. Uh, I think we touched on this yes, we right in our season preview episode. Um, but basically, I think Boca wanted to take him back, and he said, no, I want to stay at Tigre, where I'm playing first-team football, rather than go back to Boca, where I'm probably going to be a bit part player because the manager doesn't keep choosing <laughs> the best players. Just, he just has a secure, secure spot in a team, a, a team that has been running uh, since, a long, since a time, some time ago, and Boca is constantly building a new team, and... And, and changing names uh, from match to match. Um, in fact, for example, there has been a poll in, in Taste Sports, the channel. Hmm. I don't know whether, how, how many people or supporters voted there, and if there were all supporters, Boca supporters, but there was a poll in which they asked, for example, who do you prefer for the uh, strikers at Boca to start the matches? Hmm. Merendiel and Langoni or Bisha and Benedetto? 88% of the supporters voted for Langoni and Merendiel. Yeah. Only 12% for Bishan and Benedetto, who perhaps six months ago were the... the, the, the Undisputed. Yes. Yeah, uh, number one. And, and that happens yeah. at Boca. And of course, if Rategi went back to, to Boca, he will suffer that. Yeah, but also, I mean, I think if, if Rategi was, was back at Boca, the fans would be voting for him as one of that those first two as well, that he's aware, at least as, as I kind of said against Dan uh, in the season preview, that he's going to get more chances playing for Tigre. No, yes. not, not maybe necessarily more chances to score, but he's going to get more chances to play. He's going to play more minutes um, playing for Tigre than, than he would do if he'd gone back to Boca, or at least that was how he saw it. You know, it might not actually be true. It might be that had he gone back to Boca... He'd have been playing every minute of every game. Um, but Tigre was the safer bet in terms of getting himself playing time, scoring goals, continuing his form from last year and maybe getting a he big money move. He will, I wouldn't say 100%, but he will certainly or surely receive offers from, from other teams in, in, I don't know, if Europe, but from abroad. And mm. uh, uh, going back to Boca will mean that perhaps he won't play that much and... And that offers wouldn't come. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I mentioned yes. a week or two ago that I actually saw, while I was scrolling down Google News, uh, a transfer rumours linking in with, or not linking in with a move right away, but saying that Bayern, Manchester United and uh, 
PSG or some other big mainland European club had scouts watching him. And, you know, that's probably not true. Or, or if it is, then but okay, they, so what? they've got scouts that? watching everybody in the league. But if he had moved to Boca and just been sitting on the bench, then that rumour doesn't even happen. And yes. the fact that the rumour happens means that now maybe you've got one or two other people sitting in Europe who've never heard of him and who go, oh, hang on, who is this guy? And start looking into him. And, you know, that's how the interest can begin. And that's sometimes. something uh, that I think that's another subject to discuss about, but it's a lo- long time ago since teams or uh, in Europe or, or, or Mexico, MLS, or even uh, Qatar, or, uh, United Arab Emirates, that they don't need for a player to play at Boca or River hmm. to want him and... and and, and for that player to go and play there. so Exactly, yeah. They're scouting the whole league yes. these days. Um, I think it's time for Mystic Sam. And I also think yeah. it's time, while this music plays, for me to go and uh, open the door so that the cat can get into the bedroom and spend a bit of time with my girlfriend rather than continually while, scratching. While they say showing the, sh- the penalty shootout for Gimnasia and Excursionista. Yes, I, I just turned back Mysteriously. to Teise and uh, they're showing the match again, which they weren't doing before. So we'll be able to report on the penalties as well. Don't go away. Okay, here we go. They've been waiting to take the first kick of this shootout for about a minute now. He's been standing there and he... Oh, in off the post. That was... That was him, wasn't it? Yes, he's celebrating, so it was just over the line. Um, an interesting start to the shootout. Anyway, this weekend... Oh, Yeah, well, I've done there. I've still got the fixtures up from the women's first division. <laughs> I was about to start listing completely the wrong set of fixtures to try to predict. Uh, and then I spotted just in time. Um, this weekend is round four of the... No, it's not. It's round five, five of the Liga Profesional. I don't know which matches are going to have red cards. I do know at least four of them will. And that there will be at least one red card uh, in all of them. And that there will be probably about six or seven in total, given experience so far this year. But we get kicked off, or we, we kick off, on uh, Friday evening with Belgrano versus Tigre. I think that's going to be a Tigre win. I think that Rosario Central versus Godoy Cruz is going to be a draw, and I don't think that you should watch that match, because those two teams are not in good form. San Lorenzo, I think, will get a win at home to Union. Platense versus Tacheres will be a Tacheres win. I think Estudiantes will beat Sarmiento in La Plata. Vélez versus Boca should be interesting. Going to go for a draw in that one. Uh, Defensa Justicia versus Atletico Tucumán. How long is he taking to let them. This shootout started yeah. ages ago and they're only just about to take the second they don't, they kick. I don't know what, what, what they the are first, waiting for. Excursionista's first kick hasn't yet been taken. This is ridiculous. Uh, sorry, what was I saying? Vélez versus Bock is going to be a draw. Defensa Justicia versus Atletico Tucumán. Um, I think is going to be a Defensa Justicia victory. And the kick was saved. But it was That's another taken. change. Atletico Tucumán, who mm. uh, fight against Boca f- until almost the last round yeah. of last tournament now, are not the same. No, they're not. They have started the season with uh, two defeats, the first of which was against Boca, of course, and two draws since then against Platense and Vélez. Um... Colón versus Huracán, I think will be an Huracán win. I think that River will get a home win over Arsenal, but I suspect it will be a little bit less... Oh, let's wait for this police car to go past. I suspect it will be a little bit less um, comfortable than Racing's win over Arsenal last weekend. Banfield versus Independiente, I think, will be a draw. I think Instituto and Newells will also be a draw. Barracas Central versus Gimnasia, I think, will be a Gimnasia win. Ooh, Racing versus Lanús. One of the shortest trips that Lanús make um, geographically over the course of a season. I'm going for it's definitely one of the matches of the weekend yes. to watch. Um, 
In fact, it's going to be. It's not quite one of the matches of the weekend because it's going to be played on Monday. But you know what I mean. Um, but no, not easy to predict. Of no, I mean, it would be a very brave person who would not predict a Lanús win, and that person would be braver than me. So I'm going to go for Lanús to win it. They've won four out of four. I'm going to go for them to make it five out of five. But definitely their biggest um, biggest test so far. And Central Cordoba versus Argentinos Juniors is the uh, high-profile ender, curtain lowerer for the round. And I'm going to go for Argentinos to win that one. Um, not quite as many really, really sexy-looking matches as there were last weekend, but still one or two. And Vélez Boca, as I said, neither team are exactly playing for the teams, really the name of the teams. football, but they should be, it should be an interesting game. Um, Historically, they they used to play interesting matches. Uh, perhaps, mm. not, uh, uh, so f uh, at this point, uh, the the name of the teams suggests more than their realities. But uh, but it should be yes. it should be quite tight and um, on a knife edge, let's say. And Racing Lanús is is clearly Man, the most attractive team of the match, match of, the, of, of the team of the, of the round. Yeah. I, think. <laughs> I I uh, mixed up team of the match with man of the match. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the team of the of the is the match of the round. Yes, but yeah, that's that's the one to to really watch out for. I think on Monday evening, um, and yeah, yes. some some other interesting one. Colon Huracan could be as well, but I mean, really, the question there is more: Can Huracan keep up this good start to the season? Same as Lanús, of course, but Lanús aren't playing somebody. Uh, Lanús are playing Racing, uh, who are rather more inviting to watch as well. Um, and Belgrano Tigre could be interesting. More, I think, in terms of how Tigre can manage to bounce back from, yeah. from that defeat against River than, than anything else. But still, uh, I'm trying to string this out a bit because I was kind of expecting when we went into Mystic Sam that this shootout was going to have finished by about now when we were going to be able to tell you who'd gone through. And as it is, it's 1-1 in the shootout and each team's only taken three kicks. So... Oh, sorry, I just threw my phone onto yes. the table. We're still waiting to find out what happens as Excursionistas with their fourth kick. No, their third the kick. Third, oh, yes. bloody hell, it's slow, this. I've just gone 2-1 up after three... So actually three kicks each now. Gimnasia kicked first. We're going to talk you through the last couple of kicks. Why not? It saves me having to edit in the score of this match after the uh, full-time music, as long as there's not too much else. Um, Excursionistas could, could defeat Gimnasia. That will be similar to... Centro Español, who defeated Tigre, also in shootouts. Yeah, I mean, Excursionistas are currently in the Primera C. And they're not doing particularly well, either. Uh, so far, they have lost to Club Social y Deportivo, I'm assuming is what CSYD stands yes. for, Liniers. They've lost at home to Real Pilar. They beat Luján away 1-0. And they lost at home 3-0 to Berasategui. Um, well, I don't know whether so the, the, the team that uh, Gimnasia is playing with, but anyway, even if they are reserves, you are playing as excursionistas. And, uh, of course, you are the favourites. Uh, Gimnasia have got Tomás Dorso in goal. Guillermo Enrique, Leonardo Morales, Felipe Sanchez and Matias Mechuso across the back. Well, Mechuso is the first choice, at least. Uh, Agustin Bolívar and Ignacio Miramon. Miramon's an enjoyable surname to say in midfield. Alexis Steinbach, Rodrigo Castillo and Alan Sosa. And then Cristian Tarragona up front. So, I mean, yes. not necessarily all nailed on starters, but it's a strong team. Uh, Excursion so, Gimnasia scored their fourth kick and Excursionistas have just scored their fourth kick. So Excursionistas now lead the shootout 3-2. So Gimnasia must, must score and Excursionistas to, to miss. Yeah. Uh, in order to to, to tie the, 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 the shootout. If not, Excursionistas uh, will, will, will go through. Two lives for yes. Excursionistas. But yes, too slow. The, the, the low, yeah, slowest that, shootout. That of, first kick. They were yes. standing there waiting before I paused to uh, play the theme music and... Oh, the cat's scratching on the other side of the door now. I wanted to come back in here. Well, she can wait for a minute. Now he's Gimnasia's fourth kick from Leonardo Morales is scored. So we're going to fifth kick drama. I wonder who's going to take this yes. one. It's like the Montiel. Uh, the the yeah. one who will take the penalty for a Corsicionista will feel the same as 
as Mundial because yeah. if he scores. Escocialistas have got yes. some good, well, some good names. Kevin yes. Barrio Nuevo is a nice little clash of um, very, very Anglophone and Latino. And Gianfranco Ottaviani. And this one's yes. being taken, but oh, I can't see their numbers. Their, their numbers are in a kind of dark brown on a <laughs> plain dark green background, so they're quite difficult to read. I'm not sure who's taking this. Oh, is it the crossbar? <laughs> Okay, so the shootout's finished 3-3, so we're going to sudden death now. And we're apparently going to have to keep on dragging this out. Uh, or alternatively, we could say thank you and goodbye, and I can give you the score after the theme music, along with the scores of the other two Copa Argentina games. I think we'll do this, because this might go on for some time. Or it might not. It's number 16 now, isn't it? So that is... A substitute. Uh, Julian Bembo. So there we go. Uh, we're going to say thank you and goodbye for now. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Um, we'll see you again next week. Goodbye from Andres. Thank you. Goodbye. And me. Thank you and goodbye. Okay, the Copa Argentina shootout that we left you in the middle of there before that end music ended up being won by Excursionistas. Uh, went uh, three kicks into sudden death, I think, after... Um, the first five kicks were shared. Uh, there was a shock in the next match as well because Claypole beat Newell's 1-0 with a goal quite early on in the second half. And after that, Racing did do the job for the Liga Profesional teams, beating San Martín de Formosa 3-1. And in the Torneo de Campeones thing that we mentioned as well, uh, River beat Banfield 3-2, so watch this space to find out whether the final of that one is actually going to be played. <laughs>